I did not have sexual relations with that woman. Yes or no? Did you ever take banned substances to enhance your cycling performance? Yes. I had no prior knowledge of the planned assault on Nancy Kerrigan. I am deeply sorry for my irresponsible and selfish behavior I engaged in. Hi, friends, family, folks. It's uh, Oops the Podcast. I'm Francis Ellis. He's Julio Galarotti. Gee, how are you? Good, man. How you doing? Good, good. We are recording uh, for this lovely Friday episode on Monday, June 1st. And the reason that I tell you that is because things in the world are moving so quickly and so dramatically that if we end up saying some things on today's episode uh, that are very out of touch with the fact that the world has lost power or maybe there's some crazy disease that has sprouted out or uh, I don't know, just uh, who knows what could have happened in the last four days. We're not aware, so we're sorry. It's also June 1st, 2019 when we're recording this. Yeah, that's right. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) On cassette tapes. Uh, So bear with us. We're going to try to speak in an evergreen manner such that this material won't age poorly. But if it does, we apologize. Um, Gee, how are you, pal? I'm doing well, man. So you are back in the city now because you are moving in with your girlfriend. That's right. Congratulations. This is the I first am, time. You I am that? not moving in with my girlfriend. She's moving in my with My girlfriend you. is moving in with me. Correct. And I can say that because it is, it was my apartment. Mm. And now she has impounded it. Correct. She has, uh, she has brought her life here and her life was big. <laughs> oh my God, dude. She has successfully formed a coalition government. Yeah. And exactly. Yeah. I feel <laughs> colonized in many ways. Um, but I, you know, look, I think this, this is, speaks to a very interesting topic, which is, uh, you know, cohabitation in a couple and, um, you know, taking that steps. It's certainly been a topic that has been covered on, I'm sure other dating podcasts or whatever, but I've lived with a girlfriend before. Um, For how long? We lived together for two years. And how long ago was this? This was probably seven years ago. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. Crazy. Six or, six or seven years ago. Probably seven years ago. Yeah. And, but we had been dating up to the, at that point when we decided to move in together. We'd already been dating for five years. Gotcha. So all the way through college. And then we, you know, we lived in different apartments in New York for like a year, maybe two. And then we moved in together. And there were a couple things about that. That were different. First, we moved. She and I moved in together, knowing it wasn't for good, because right. she was always intending to go to medical school. I didn't know if I was going to end up moving to L.A. or what my life was going to do. So it it was it it was very much a move in of convenience. How temporary was the was the intention? We didn't know, but it but you was, knew it was temporary. It was probably yeah. It gotcha. was it was like we were in this middle stage of our young adulthood where we were just like everything was very transient. So it was almost like fun. You're playing house because it was temporary. Kinda. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. We weren't and we also had a, a super shitty tiny apartment. Right. You know, that we were paying fifteen hundred bucks each for. It was so that small. Sucks. And uh and then we moved we lived in that apartment for one year and then we moved to a different apartment we lived in Brooklyn Heights that was a little bit bigger and lived there for a year and then she went to medical school. Gotcha. Um 
And there's something very different about uh, when you move in with a girlfriend or a boyfriend where the two of you move into a new apartment together, right? You find an apartment and you move in together versus I've been living in this apartment here for two and a half years and my girlfriend is moving in. Mm -hmm. So for two and a half years, I've been very accustomed to where my things are, mm -hmm. the space that I had, the closet space, right? And all of a sudden, I had to make room for another person. Who probably has more stuff than you previously had. More pants than I've seen in most department stores. <laughs> the number of blue jeans is appalling. <laughs> appalling. <laughs> They're all so, so similar looking. <laughs> they look exactly the same. Why? I said, do you wear all, you, can you even tell these pants apart? And I guess it occurred to, to me after, girls wear different cuts of blue jeans. Gotcha. They have boyfriend jeans, girlfriend jeans, auntie jeans. Grandma jeans. You know, temporary lesbian face jeans. <laughs> They've got all kinds of jeans. I, I wear blue jeans that are pretty much the same. Right. You know, I like my slim fit, not too skinny, uh, whatever, jean. Solid. So she's got all that. She's got all these shoes. The other thing that's important, I think, to to mention here is that you seem to really like this apartment. I love when this you apartment. lived here by yourself. Sure did. This will definitely change the dynamics. Yeah. Does this apartment still work for you? Hate it now. We will see. Hate this place. Still, in in your girlfriend's defense, she has not yet fully moved in. She's been here one day. <laughs> so I don't want to live here anymore. <laughs> I, I literally went on Street Easy and started looking at different places. That's hilarious. And I don't know if I'm looking for both of us. <laughs> there it is, folks. I, Another COVID couple bites the dust. It did not occur to me that this place might not be big enough for the two of us to live in. And it all comes down to closet space. Hmm. It all comes down to closet space. My shit, you know, I, I did a purge. For Did her, yeah, I had to Good. purge. I purged a, a full trash bag of clothes. I watched you purge your playbill collection of plays that you've seen. Yeah, that was impressive stuff. Now I'm never going to remember what plays I've been to. I was going to suggest you could take pictures of them all. I need to know what Broadway shows I saw. Yeah, those were souvenirs. Those were reminders, reminders of a life well lived. And she came in like Will Smith in Men in Black and just wiped them from my memory. Remember that little thing? Hell yeah. What's it called again? The Brain Wiper. He says it in the song. Does he? Yeah. Will Smith. Fucking Will Smith. Um, so, okay. Uh, she moved in yesterday and it was hard. It was really hard for me to be here and mm -hmm. to watch this, you know. Watch your space violated. Well, we, we didn't really lay out how we were going to do it. And so her mom came in to help. And halfway through the day, I came downstairs to check in. I was, I was helping with some things, you know, it was like painting a, a shelf for her. And I was doing some stuff like that. You're very hands-on. Eh. DIY Francis. That would be your rap name. DIY Francis. Every I rapper like has decided to have like three letters in front of their name. that are completely cryptic or four. ASAP. A lot of ASAP. That's true. That's true. But now we have NLE, YRN, YBN, fucking YNW, MBA. And these all stand for different things, many of which I'm not allowed to say. But 
Otherwise, DIY Francis, dude. Do you think any of that stems from NWA? Probably not. Mm. But maybe that started the tradition. Mm. But that was kind of like a more digestible like abbreviation. It made a lot of sense. NLE TLC. seems unnecessary. Right. Yeah. But also yeah. but but those na- are are standalone. Whereas yes. I YNW is followed by Melly. It's a prefix. NLE is followed by Choppa. Also, I've had a bunch of people reach out to me saying that thanking us for uh, explaining to you what 12 meant, because there's a lot of graffiti that says fuck 12 on all the buildings. Right. So a guy DM me and he was like, dude, thanks. Like, I wouldn't have known what that meant. Good. Silver lining. Helping, helping people learn in about police uh, degradation. Totally. Well, sorry. Uh, We've gotten off topic here. I'm sorry. No, but your, your point is funny to me about those rapper names because it makes it sound like they all have either degrees that nobody like very obscure degrees phd francis yeah or they're just like doctors of totally weird practices you know like a, a dental and a veterinary degree so dve ferg he's <laughs> opening his practice in uh downtown la brea that's hilarious um okay so moving in with your girlfriend mm-hmm. um you know, I, I, I came in to check on what was going on. And um, I, one of my, my, all my clothes that were in my closet, I had opened up two closets for her. Mm-hmm. And then my things were in the other two. And all my shit had been moved out of my two closets and moved into like one of the closets that I'd opened up for her. Mm. And she was like, trust me, it's just better this way. You know, we're finding that we're maximizing the space better. And I'm like, for who? <laughs> so I'm now. It starts. And there's so much. It's a very disorienting process where you, you've you become accustomed to where your plates have been and your mugs have been, your glasses, your pants, your shirts for so long. And now you have to hunt for your own things in your own apartment. Totally. And I said this to her to explain why I hadn't spoken in three hours <laughs> because I was very sullen. And she goes, is everything okay? And I was like, this is just a lot for me. I'm very overwhelmed. You know, I, I had become accustomed to where my things were in my apartment. She goes, well, it's, you know, it's our apartment now. And I was like, we're not splitting the rent evenly. So it's five, <laughs> five sevenths my apartment, maybe savage is this mean am i going am i going too harsh here no i think though that that is like the classic uh in my opinion why i would never move in with a girlfriend who was paying more than me because of that you just said yeah and and by the way (laughs) i'm totally kidding i i do not think uh but but let's talk about that have we talked about not really splitting the rent i'll tell you what i have a couple friends who do it and they're great guys and whatever but i've i knew i just immediately knew the second i stepped into their apartment that they were paying less because they had become the chore boy. Paying less than their girlfriend? Yes, because the girlfriend was like, well, why don't we move in together? And they're like, well, I'm paying much less now. She's like, it's fine. Just pay what you were paying then. Good Lord. And now all of a sudden you're dusting and, and, oh, he's so good around the kitchen and you're cooking and that's that's all fine. But like becoming this like, Having indentured servitude baked into your rent. <laughs> yes, is what it not... is. You're a serf. Yeah, it's, you're a serf. You have a little cottage down by the pond. It sucks. Like, how do you then, like, fucking grab your girlfriend and bang her out? You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Are you just, like, going down on her only? 
You know what I mean? Like if you're just becoming, if you if you're living this life of servitude, like I wonder how sustainable that can be if you're the guy. It's a it's a society. tough question. Okay, so what is your ideal scenario? Do you think the rent should be split evenly? I'm I am very reluctant to move into a place where uh, I'm paying less than the girl I'm dating. So it's funny. I did this once actually. Hmm. Uh, I lived for a summer with a girlfriend. We rented her sister's apartment. We were looking for an apartment that cost X amount for the time. The, her dad was like, listen, why don't you just rent your sister's apartment and you guys can pay what you were going to pay, which means I could pay my share. So I was like, okay, great. So I wrote her dad a check. Boom, gave it to him. This guy has so much money. It's insane. Um, so I, he, he, did, he never cashed it. Never cashed it. So just wait though. We're there for three months. He never cashed the check. And I was like, oh, that's really cool of him for doing that. Wow. All of a sudden, all the money in my checking account was gone a month after we had left. And I realized that he had cashed the check four months later, which I thought was fucked up. But I think it was such a small, I'm trying to wrap my head around what happened. I think maybe he thought it would be condescending to not cash it and that I wanted to earn his respect. And in order to do that, he had to cash the check. Another possibility, it was just in a stack of checks that his assistant then all deposited. That's what I bet happened. Or uh, maybe he's just like, like we were talking about, a guy who doesn't want to feel like he's being taken advantage of. Yeah. Or I don't know. But you, you weren't broken up when he cashed the check. We were still dating. Okay. So it wasn't some kind of like message. He no. wasn't trying to fuck with you. And I paid way less than that apartment was worth. But again, I got duped into this situation. And I don't think it's as much of a duping since she wasn't the one paying. Mm. And since we weren't married. Right. I worry about that scenario where like, your father-in-law hooks your life up and all of a sudden you need to like sit at the table and laugh at his jokes your whole life. Maybe you have to do that anyway. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But I think, <laughs> I think, you know what I mean? I sure think do. like entering into a situation where when things get down and dirty and you're fighting and they can like belittle you for not paying as much and like being like, I just don't want to be in that position person for, for sure as a guy. No, I, I agree. But I also think I'm that- fine with 50, 50. Pro- yes. Progress dictates that women don't want to be in that position either. Absolutely. And that's fine. Um, however, I have learned that uh, there is somewhat of a there is somewhat of a uh, of a struggle between like progress and equality and 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 the, the joy of not having to pay a ton of rent. It's incredible. My the reason my girl my girlfriend and I are splitting our rent. I think it's five sevens. I'm paying. She's paying two sevens. And basically what happened was I just told her she could move in here and continue paying what she was paying at her old apartment. Totally. But I also know that that rent was about all she could afford. And she, in fact, was at times hamstrung by her rent. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I wasn't going to ask her to move in with me and say, you know, this is a a much nicer apartment than the one you used to live in. So you should be paying a lot more. And I think there's a way to do that, what you, this situation that you set up without having to make it some thing where, you know, you're a good guy. I know you'd never like hold that over her head. No. And it doesn't need to get there. I just feel like a relationship with that kind of dynamic is very archaic. Yes. Yes. I agree. Um, having said that, do I have any kind of claim to more ownership of this apartment? Is there any place? where I can uh, have any sort of authority based on the fact that I pay more for it or no? I don't think so. I don't, if you want to have like a healthy relationship, I don't think so. 
personally. If you're like, well, I pay the most. So yeah. I have friends who do that and I've watched them do it and it disgusts me. Yeah. I would, I don't, I don't ever want to say that. Right. So because then how do you enforce make her it? feel like a, that would make her feel like a visitor. In her own class home. Citizen or yeah, visitor. exactly. So how do you justify having more? I think, you know, it sounds like she probably appreciates this and like you guys have decided this is the best for you. And I think that it's the type of thing where if either of you feel really strongly about something, since you're cohabitating, you can decide based on who wants it more and you can make sacrifices and right. And I don't think it has to do with the money thing. I think if you feel strongly about something, you can be like, I really want to do this. Can we please do it? Mm -hmm. And you don't have to be like, well, it doesn't have to come down to that conversation. We don't have to fight. Um, what about, this is the one thing I could understand, right? Which is that if we were to break up, uh, it's reasonable for me to assume that she would move out. Oh, that's an interesting, well, I don't, well, I think it's reasonable to assume because you wouldn't be able to afford living. She here. wouldn't be able to afford living here. Whereas I was living here on my own for two and a half years. Right. That's my thought. And also the money that you're saving, any money you were spending on her before, it's almost like a write-off. Now you're just getting your spending money for your girlfriend. Absolutely. <laughs> You're really doing well. So I need dude. to spend her rent money on jewelry for her is what you're saying. When you would have previously. There's a nice cash windfall for you here. <laughs> <laughs> this is great. Keeping the credit card balance low, living in Maine, splitting the rent. I, dude, the, it's been a, it's been financially, this has been a, a solid, I, I say that, you know, I lost nine weeks of t touring. Um, mm, yeah, I'm sorry. So no, it's okay. But, I think it's, I think it'll happen again, but who knows if you know these clubs are going to open at very limited capacity. Um, Can I ask you a question, please? Now that you're living with your girl, so I'm in a situation now where I basically just started living with my girlfriend, essentially, in essence. Like, and again, it's like a temporary thing, whatever. Um, so we were together this whole week on Long Island. We sort of felt like we wore out our welcome a little bit. Um, it just the the. The fun, the foundation wasn't just fully there for it to just be completely comfortable. So we mm -hmm. we kind of got ahead of it. And we're like, we're gonna figure it out. So we left, and now we're in her small apartment. Um, it's not that small, but it's it's a three bedroom. She has two roommates, mm -hmm. and neither of the roommates are there right now. There's one bathroom, and I'm having trouble figuring out how to use the bathroom with her in the apartment. <laughs> we haven't gotten there yet. We're not, and we've been fortunate enough to have enough space where like, it's never been a problem. Mm -hmm. We're not one of those gross couples. You know what I mean? Like any gross thing I have to do, I'm not doing in front of her, regardless of what it is. Mm. Um, All right. I have a couple answers. For so this. what do you, yeah. Should I just get over it? Yeah. You got to get over it. It also speaks to the fact that if the two of you end up moving into an apartment together, Mm-hmm. Having two toilets, even if that it can be more expensive, obviously, much more, yeah, is super helpful. Two toilets and two sinks. Well, I'll tell you what, though, I have like a gym situation. If I have a gym membership, dude, gym's you're not being gonna, closed right now. That's not that far off from being homeless. That you would run out to the gym to you know take a shit and brush your teeth. Well, not wash to brush your, my teeth. Wash your t-shirts in the sink. <laughs> of course, of course with not. A Tide Pod. Just for the interest of like it up, and then people come in who are working out and be like, "What the fuck?" Being able to breathe easy. 
on the high protein diet that currently Dude, you gotta you gotta get over it you do have to get over it and there, there are a couple things get some air freshener does the bathroom have a window or no no nope. candles candles really candles, help Candles matches but there's even something about that like having to like light a match and then act like nothing's different like it's just it's it's crippling the idea of it to me you guys have been dating for a long time mm-hmm. but you've also spent three months apart recently you guys you we know, were sleeping we were sleeping in the same bed four nights a week before all this started happening got it so i you know i don't really know what to say beyond you just have to get over it because she's gonna do it too the longer that you're weird about yourself the longer it means she's gonna be that weird about herself that much longer let me ask you this would you be weirded out if your girlfriend took a shit and you smelled it Is that a huge turnoff for you? Would you see her differently? Like, I have trouble picturing the world. And this is such a funny thing about like guys and girls where like, you really just don't hear that conversation that girls have where they talk about this stuff. I have no idea to what degree she's like going in there and just ripping up the bathroom. Dude, girls do it, man. I know. Girls poop too. They do. Now they do it less than us. It's like it's like a once a day thing, and they try to do it as quickly as possible. They hop on, they hop off, and that's not right. And, and I would never say, you know, it w- I'm sure it wouldn't be a big deal. We occupy. Neither neither of us want that. Though. We're occup- men are occupiers. We, are. we enjoy it. It's solace. I look forward to it. Bowel movements, reading material, chess on my phone, whatever it may be. Buy some sneakers. Hey, uh, why not? You know, things happen in there on to the tune of sometimes uh, twice, if not three times a day, often. But girls have a schedule. They, of course. They and work it into their schedule. Totally. And I'm not trying to act like that's, I, I, you know, it's not fair for me to say that I'd be grossed out by that. It's not ideal. You know what I mean? Why is it not ideal? Smells are not ideal, dude. But the, here's the thing. Do you two present yourselves to each other in, uh, in, in your greatest light all the time? I try, man. I want to try to, like, keep the romance alive. Of course, you know. Of course, but I, I will say this: like, okay, you know, uh, are there days where you know you, you skip a shower, or you just wear sweatpants around each other, you lounge, you're a little disheveled, all that? I mean, I think you would argue that I'm always disheveled, <laughs> based on the little tidbits you've thrown in here over the years. <laughs> Come on. Come on. You, I definitely you have, have, I'm you a have, casual. I tr- I tend to lean towards casual. Yeah, but this is this is this is put together still. You okay, are you, you you've intended everything. I'm saying that you <laughs> and, and your girlfriend, you know, have a day where it's like, you know, totally, totally sweatpants. Sorry, I didn't comb my hair. Like, yeah, definitely, blah, blah, blah. definitely. We're we're comfortable like that. Yeah. She's not running into the bathroom in the morning and putting on lipstick. Does it bother you if she doesn't wear makeup around you? Like, are you less attracted to her? No, she looks great without makeup. I think she's very pretty. Um. Great. She, I don't think she wears a lot of makeup to begin with. Fine. All of this is to say that shit stench is just an extension of that. It's the next step. It down. is. And it shouldn't be weird. Everybody shits. Okay. I know that we're all a little bit like, you, do you fart in front of her? No. Is she Has she ever farted in front of you? No. Yeah. You got to get, maybe that, that's probably the methadone, like the, the one step. It's like the halfway house between where you are now and shitting in front of each other dude like i'm just i one of my nightmares is being in a relationship where i like walk by the bed and just like rip one on my girlfriend's head like that's like hell to me yeah okay that that's not 
really what it is, but like maybe, <laughs> maybe, you know, uh, I, I don't know. I can't do it, dude. I can't do it. Everyone's different, but I will say that like b- having the comfort of, of passing gas in front of my girlfriend made it a lot easier for me to be like, listen, I, I, I'm going to take a shit. Like, don't count on me for the next 20 minutes. I'll tell you what too, dude, I've been in relationships with girls who were comfortable doing that. And I still wasn't comfortable doing it where they were like, it's okay for you to do this. They, I mean, they were just like very aggressively ripping them all the time. Girlfriends of yours. Yes. When I still was not doing that. I never have been in a relationship where I was doing that. I don't know what it is. I need it to, would I need be to strange to me if my girlfriend started like being like, Hey, pull my finger. <laughs> I'd be like, uh, I don't want to. No, right. uh, that would be weird to me. But um, you know, you, you spend enough time together. You have enough weird meals that sit poorly, where you you're still together. You just can't keep getting up from. Maybe you just don't fart that much either. I'll tell you what, man. I have a sensitive stomach, so depending on how good I'm being about my diet, I can. Yeah, get real be gassy. gassy. Yeah. So my point is, when that happens, and you're with your girlfriend for the evening, do you get up from the couch every three minutes and be like, "Oh, I'm I'm getting this phone call. I'm, oh shoot, I gotta go." It sounds like there's somebody knocking at the door. Like, are you clearing the air every time? No, I'll tell you what I do. I sit there, and I almost get to the point where I'm about to float away. After how long I hold it, I'll typically like get in the elevator and just like. So you you are deeply uncomfortable. I I, I don't think you I'll You will ever. push yourself. <laughs> I'll never. I'm never gonna. You are clenching those butt cheeks so tight that you might be forming, uh, pearls up there. I sometimes wonder if it's like gonna give me a chronic condition. Good God, man! I'm telling you, you guys should break the seal, dude. Because once you do, you'll be happier. Neither did she know that you're living in such dis- discomfort. She has no idea. And you know, I'll tell you what. I just picture this hilarious, dramatic moment where I'm like, "I have something to tell you." <laughs> <laughs> it's just like <clears throat> gross, dude. <laughs> oh, that is funny. Oh my god. Well, we don't normally delve into toilet humor, yeah, but I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, we're trying you- to be as classy about this. As have possible. you ever heard of poopery? It's no. this yeah, life-changing it's stuff that you spray in the toilet before you poop, and it, like, kills every odor ever. So, buy some of that. Interesting. Yeah. By the way, I, I don't think Febreze is the answer either. Because I don't like what, you know, if you enter a bathroom after your girlfriend's been in there, and it's that, right in the sh- down it's that like, you know, lilac shit I know, mix. I know. I know. That's worse. It's to really me. bad. Yeah, it smells like somebody shit on a, an Abercrombie and Fitch. It's oh just God. that 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 marriage of those two scents is makes it even more. I'd rather be hit in the face by a you know, full on just straight poop, poop <laughs> plume. That's what I want. Give it to me. I'm fine. I'll eat it. I'll breathe out of my mouth. No problem. <laughs> but don't mix chemical scent to try to tell me. Don't piss in my face and tell me it's raining. <laughs> I don't like that. I don't know, dude. It's a fascinating conversation. Uh, we would love it if our readers, or excuse me, our listeners weighed in on this. How did you get over the hurdle of being uncomfortable shitting in front of each other or, or in near proximity, especially uh, from the women's perspective? I'd like to hear that. Because I think a lot of guys 
are are like don't care right you know it's a lot easier i think for men to to get over that hurdle than it is for women but when you live together and you only have one bathroom you don't have a choice you don't have a choice cannot it's unfair to expect that your girlfriend would run out to a you know wherever all the time to, to to do her business totally 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 i would tell you you guys have to get over that because for as long as you are uncomfortable it means that she's going to be uncomfortable and she may be longing to get there with you We'll see, dude. <laughs> Fascinating. We'll see. Fascinating. Fascinating. <laughs> what a great topic. Yeah. Um, well, I don't know. You have any other thoughts about girlfriend stuff? No, not really. Guys, if you're thinking about starting a podcast, fill in the blanks here. If I were in a concert right now and I said, if you're thinking about starting a podcast, I'd then turn the microphone to all of you sitting in the stadium and you would all yell, anchor, anchor. And then you'd say, go to anchor.fm to download the software where you could host your very own podcast, see all the best analytics. You could see it in a way that was really user-friendly and nice and not too technical and industry jargony. It's a way that any person can look at it and be like, ooh, that's pretty. And also it's our podcast. And you, there's no minimum listenership required to advertise and monetize. So you can immediately have ads when you hit the ground running. It's really exciting, really spectacular. If you want to start your very own podcast, anchor.fm, download it now. Okay, I have a funny story for you guys um, that I w I'm just curious if you've ever heard of something like this or done something like this. I had a friend who kind of went through a ketamine phase. Oh, God. He loved taking ketamine. And I don't know if anybody's ever done it, but it's sort of like makes you feel like it feels like the <laughs> you're it's as if you were sitting in the chair and all of a sudden the chair just did this. And like all of a sudden you were 4000 yards away from where you were sitting, mm -hmm. even though you're right there. And like you, you get to the point where like you can't speak. It's like crazy. You've done it, uh, yes, multiple times. Uh, like not nothing crazy. Mm -hmm. Um, but this friend of mine was doing it a lot, and one time he accidentally left a bag of it in a car that the family shared. Um, and it looks, it can look like cocaine, like a more mainstream, which is a more mainstream drug. Yeah. And he goes, "Oh shit! Like I left it in the car. I hope my dad doesn't find it." few days later he gets a call from his dad he's like what i found a bag in the car <laughs> i i just tried it to see what was that and his son's like oh my god he's like dad i want you to just <laughs> this is what he said i thought this is the greatest thing ever he goes where are you right now dad goes the beach he goes i want you to take a little more <laughs> and then i want you to lie down on the beach and just remember how great of a guy you are and you're gonna have a great afternoon <laughs> and the dad did it he did more and he went and laid on the beach and had the greatest afternoon ever and i'm like that's a great God. story that is tremendous <laughs> isn't that great it's amazing, but I have so many questions. First of all, what kind of dad finds a bag of what he thinks is cocaine but isn't sure and then tries it totally. to see it? I get that's a dad who still parties. And conventionally really speaking, hard. yeah, that's a cool fucking dad. That is, yeah. Not only doesn't get mad at the kid, but tries i could see like my dad finding half a joint that i'd left somewhere and maybe like sparking that that's up. that's impressive maybe, maybe well my parents i've been trying to get them into weed 
I've talked to you, you about mentioned this a little bit about the edibles. Yeah. But they struggle. How's that going? Yeah. Well, they just can't get the dosage right. And the, the line between too high and not being happy about it versus not feeling anything is very thin for them. And listen, I'm still fighting that too, Francis's parents. So Yeah. Let, let me let me tell you something. Stick, with, stick with Dude, it. Dude, my dad told me <laughs> this my dad told us the funniest fucking story. <laughs> He said that we all had dinner together. This was like a couple weeks ago, you know, and I'm up in Maine. Marijuana is medically legal. I have a medical card up there for some bullshit. And I just go to the store and buy like insane amounts of edibles <laughs> and every iteration you can imagine. Lozenges, lollipops, hot bubble, sauce, hot, everything. Right, right. It's, it's amazing. And so I gave my my mom and my dad. My mom's got really, really severe joint pain. Okay. Uh, she's had two knees replaced. Uh, my dad has had one hip replaced. He needs to get the other one done. They were they were serious athletes their whole lives. Right. My mom was an all American tennis player at Princeton. All that shit. Dad played lacrosse at Amherst. He. My mom is having her shoulder replaced Jesus tomorrow, Christ, dude. which is one of the big reasons we're driving home is so that we can like look after her That's and her very recuperation. Nice. Very nice. But she's been dealing with this shoulder pain so, so badly that I just said, mom, you've got to try uh, marijuana uh, just to see because nothing was working and she was, she couldn't sleep at night. And so I started giving the edibles, you know, five milligrams to my mom, whatever. And my dad has a serious sweet tooth, so I would give him five milligrams of a chocolate bar, and he would mm. just insist on having five more. Oh, no. And, but I, I would say, look, you, you have to treat this as if it's a, a bottle of Advil with the sugar coating on the Advil. Like, yeah, sure, those Advils taste good, right. but you're not going to drink. You're not going to eat 10 Advil just because it right. tastes good. You like know this gummy vitamins. Yeah, it is medicine, and it's, it, it's bad for you totally. in too much. Um, but he wouldn't hear it. So he didn't he didn't go like 50 milligrams like I you know I I got him to 10. I let him have 10 cuz I take like 20 now and so I figured okay well he should be fine. Um but keep in mind they they have not dallied right had dalliances with with uh with marijuana in in many many years. Right. 20's too much for me. Yeah, 20 20 can get pretty heady. Yeah. Pretty melty. So <laughs> You know, I leave my parents. They're giggling at dinner. We're all having a great time, right? This was like an hour after we'd taken it. Everything's good. We find out the next day, and this is all recounted to me. My dad, later that night at like 11.15, took the dogs out to, to go to the bathroom for a walk. And he's walking into the woods. And he loses track of where the dogs are. <laughs> they like run off in the woods and we've got like you know 10 acres of, of woods so uh they i mean they they can go pretty far and all of a sudden he can't figure out where he is he's like 300 yards from the house he's not like that far and you know they know the property it's not like there are a lot of easy ways to figure out where the fuck you are and he just didn't he was like I, all of a sudden he's like i have no idea where i am and then the thought <laughs> He said that he started, he couldn't see anything because it was dark. He starts tripping over tree roots, but normally he would just like catch himself. Now he was stumbling full out, sprawling on his back and laughing hysterically <laughs> on the forest floor at the fact that he kept losing his balance on tree roots. And That's he's fun. looking up at the canopy of trees, just laughing his head off. Next thing you know, he hears 
Rosie, our dog, barking in the distance. Oh, my God. And he has no idea where she is, so he starts calling for her. She won't come, and he starts freaking out. <laughs> and he phones my mom 300 yards away in the house. My mom's doing a little better because she only took five. And he goes, he goes, mom. He calls her mom, by the way. He calls my mom, mom. That's cute. That's cute. Yeah. He's like, mom, uh, I don't know where Rosie is, and I'm really worried about her. And my mom's like, what, what do you mean? You know, what happened? He's like, I don't know. I don't even know where I am, uh, <laughs> but I can hear Rosie barking. And he goes, he goes, uh, it sounds like the barks are getting farther apart, which means I think she's being attacked by a coyote who is ripping her throat and then letting her go just long enough for her to bark Jesus. and then re-grabbing on. And he's like, hold on, hold on. She's barking again. And then he would listen to the bark and try to like decipher what was happening <laughs> as if it was Morse code, you know? And, and my mom was like, no, she's fine. Don't worry. Like, and he's like, well, I can't figure out how to get back home. And he's like, you know, sprawling around, <laughs> laughing his head off, try, inventing these crazy stories about what's happening to the poor dog. Eventually he somehow like, finds his way back to the driveway, walks home. They call for the dog. They get her back. But it was this crazy saga. It's hilarious. That was so much for him. It was so much. <laughs> and he told us all the next day, I was fucking crying <laughs> laughing. I was laughing so hard. Hashtag baked dad, dude. That's great. That must be fun to get that high. Until it's not when you think yeah. that your cat, your dog's throat's being ripped out. Right. Yeah. But at first, it's really fun. It, it sounded like he was fun. having a blast. He's making leaf angels. Pine <laughs> yeah, needles. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. Hilarious, dude. Well, yeah. Uh, dude, that story, though, about the ketamine is, is amazing. It's pretty um, great, right? Ketamine, it was originally used as like a, a, a tranquilizer for horses. For horses. Right. Yeah. And now it's been seen and used to help people with like depression, and PTSD, yeah. but like on a very clinical level. I so mean, it's I know a guy duty, who works for that right? company, one of those companies, and he actually gave me one of the no nas nasal sprays. So if you take a couple squirts, it's like very calming. But if you take too many, you can get to that like K hole level. Yeah. Where you just are like kind of like crazy for a little bit. It's not that ideal. My, uh, Gary Gullman in his special talks a lot about how he was treated for oh, his yeah. depression with ketamine and how it was amazing and he really, you know, heralds the the benefits of it. The last time I ever saw any ketamine it was when I was down in Charleston and I went out with some friends after the show that I knew who lived down there and they're like up at one girl was driving the car, her boyfriend was in the passenger seat and like he just pulled out this bag and was like, anyone want some ketamine? He starts doing like key bumps of it. We go to this person's house. I was like, whoa. You know, because you don't see it that you often. You don't see it often. You really don't. And uh, I, I passed because I was like, I don't I don't really fuck with it's that. not social. I've, I've never, I've, I, I think it did it once by accident. I didn't know what was going on. Somebody like dipped a joint in it. Mm. And it like, I really fucked me up. Uh, so I, I passed. And then like, we went to this person's house for like two hours and then we were dri driving back to my hotel. He's in the passenger seat again, not really speaking. We get right. to a traffic light. He opens the door and just pukes out of the side oh, of the car. Oh, wow. That's fucked up. He hadn't had like anything to drink. That's intense. And he puked for a while. And she, the, Meanwhile, the girl driving the car is just like rubbing his back, being like, you're okay. And I'm like, no, 
this is not okay. Well, what's happening here? He's dying, you know? But I don't know. What were you going to say? Well, no, you get to a point on it, I think, where you like really, you can't talk. Yeah. And it's, I've seen funny things happen before uh, that are funny in retrospect at the time were scary. We had the show Fat Baby. Yeah. Um, that we had in this basement. People, for some reason, it ended up being like a druggy kind of show. Like it was start late on a Wednesday, like kind of oh, an interesting group would come hang out. So anyway, the DJ at the time was selling ketamine. So there was this older comedian who's since passed away. He was a great guy, but this guy was like 65 and he's hanging out. He would hang out with us. And, you know, he's probably a little bit too old to be hanging with us, whatever. But anyway, the DJ gave him some, I didn't know this at the time. And the guy walks out of the door and the DJ's name was this guy, Katzman. Um, and he walks out of the door and he's just like clenching his chest and he can't talk. And he's like, and I'm like, are you okay? I thought he's having the hardest. I'm like, are you okay? Are you okay? What's going on? And he was like, Gatsman. And I was like, oh, you've been drugged. <laughs> you didn't know what you were getting yourself to. Like, it's not a drug that you should just be like giving around to yeah, people. Yeah. For sure. It's like yeah. intense. Um, Damn. Pretty funny. I had another thought. Uh, I don't know if, if you guys have more ketamine thoughts. But. You know, I, I don't, not to get you off this. I am at a point in my life where I'm not sure I, that I'm going to, I think I've done all the drugs that I'm going to do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like I won't try new ones. I feel the same way, to be honest. Although I, I say that, I've been flirting with the idea of acid lately. Not for me. Too scared of not coming back. Really? I told you guys about Uncle Lloyd that one time, right? The guy, we, my friends, my next door neighbor's uncle didn't talk. And no, I didn't understand why. He would take us to buy baseball cards. He just wouldn't talk. And one day, as adults, I was like, what happened to your uncle? Why didn't he talk? And we asked his mom. And what happened was one day he just took way too much acid. Disappeared for three months. They found him across the country. And he's just never spoken since. What the fuck? Stories like that scare me about never coming back from tripping balls. All right, but let me ask you this. I mean, does that mean that his acid that he took was like, cooked with who fucking knows nuclear radiation like maybe not you know what i mean like maybe he just saw the light and like now it has nothing left to say or something (laughs) okay you know what i mean i'm scared to take it it seems really intense okay all right fair point i don't know but i'm not trying to scare you out of taking it i just wonder if it would unlock a chamber of my mind that all of a sudden i would be creating the greatest you know poems right ever read by man or realizing that you've taken your life down a course that you've never wanted to take it down. It's possible. And it's too late to turn it around. Yeah, I guess I'm doing well enough that I don't really need to find that chamber. Right. I don't want to learn more stuff about myself right now. Yeah. This is, oh no, this is, I don't know if this is like a random thought, but I don't know if this has ever happened to you. Like, I remember when I was single and I was like, you know, hooking up with people or whatever. I remember times where like, you ever stay over with a girl, whatever. And then the next day you get breakfast together. Like, I remember there's a time where I was really tight on money and I like, didn't have money like to do anything. Essentially. It's a few few years ago. Um, (laughs) but I was an adult. Okay. Yeah. And we have a nice night together. And the next morning she's like, let's get breakfast. And I'm like, okay. She's like, you want to go to this bagel spot? And I'm like, sure. And in my head, I'm kind of like, okay, like I can afford a bagel right now. It's fine. Like we'll get a bagel and a coffee. It's fine. So she starts ordering. And at first, she, it seems like it's going to be completely like fine. She's like, oh, uh, can I get a plain bagel? I'm like, great. She's like, with cream cheese and onion. I'm like, oh, great. And then she's like, 
and the Atlantic Nova salmon. I'm like, fuck. Like, <laughs> 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 that immediately took it from like $3 to $20. I was like, God damn it. Like, it's so fucking shitty being single and having no money. Yeah. Is there a worse thing? You're young, you're fucking ready, you have a hard fucking dick bursting out of your pants that you're ready to use, but you just don't have the funds to execute. Yeah. What a fucking bummer. Yeah, that is brutal. Especially if you're like a good looking dude who wants to be social. Totally. I hate to say this, you know, and this is going to sound, this is going to sound exactly like what people hate me for. <laughs> I haven't, I haven't had no money um, since I was like, Probably 25. Okay. Like my income has been very sustainable since then. Fantastic. Because when I was 25, uh, tw maybe even 24, that was when I was tutoring and I started charging. I got up to like, I got up to $300 an hour when I was 25. Oh, wow. And from that point forward, I was always making You're over $100,000 a year. Oh, wow. Dude, fucking incredible. I wish I could say the same. I got really lucky. Like, well, I had a weird. I've I've experienced the weird roller coaster of working in entertainment already. Oh, totally. Times. And like, so I started. I had a job. I wasn't making that much money doing it, but I had a job. And then I left that job. I was going to become a comedian. But I hadn't really started doing comedy that much. So like, and as any as you guys have listened in other podcasts, I'm sure many of you know, it takes a while to kind of build up a resume to the point where you can like make money. It takes stuff. a lot years and years before you can make more than two thousand dollars a year. In literally, stand -up. literally. Yeah. So. Um, if you're even making that. Yeah. So, um, I kind of started trying to be an actor at the same time. I had done a stuff as a kid and I, um, started doing these shows where I could get seen by the industry where like a bringer show where your friends have to pay to come see you. But I was doing it in a way where it was actually helpful for me because I was meeting these casting directors and doing stuff. So I actually got really lucky like two years into comedy, three, three years into comedy. I think I got cast on a MTV show on a prank show, which I actually posted one of the pranks on my yeah, Instagram. Yeah, I saw it. It was awesome. It was pretty funny. It was a great show, actually. It was called Totally Clueless. I booked a Sony commercial where I was the brand, basically the brand ambassador for the entire brand. Jesus. And this ad was playing in Times Square. It was everywhere. It was huge. I made like a decent amount of money on that. It was it was non-union, so I didn't, it would have, if it was union, I would have made $500,000. Yeah. But it, it was non-union, so I probably made like 25K on that. Plus a TV show. Plus I got cast on that show where I pretended to be Italian, which yes. I told that story. So those things all happened at the same time. Wow. Three years into doing this. And I was like, oh shit, this is, this is my life now. It's easier than you thought. Yeah. I, I probably, I didn't make over, I didn't clear six figures, but I probably made like in the 60,000 range. I was like 60, 70,000, which I was feeling really great about. And I was like, this is it. And then the next three subsequent years, I just like made significantly less than that. I was mm -hmm. busting my ass teaching tennis and trying to like get out to open mics. I booked a couple commercials. They never ran. And I was making like, I was probably making like 20, between 20 and $30,000 yeah. for like three years. And it fucking sucked. Like in New York City, that's like poverty. Right. Especially if I wasn't in any sort of government programs or anything. Like I just was, had no money and it was so fucking hard and mm -hmm. shitty. But I think it made me stronger and made me, makes me like appreciate success when I get it now and like puts it in perspective. Totally. You know I mean, it was such a modest level of success, but it felt so gigantic to yeah. me because- yeah. It, that's the crazy thing about it. It's like you'll, if you've heard of a comedian and you've seen him on Instagram, you like that guy in, in a lot of people's minds that don't do comedy, they don't think that guy's made it. They think he's like 
oh, like you probably haven't heard of him. You know what I mean? Like yeah. making it means like making it, making it. But to us in the comedy community, any comedian you've heard of is a huge success. Yeah. Which is kind of crazy to think about. Totally. You know? Any comedian, as we've said, who can make, who can live on just doing comedy has made it. Is a huge success. Yeah. I, uh, I will say to your point though, it, it is very, very difficult when you've made a certain amount of money in a year to readjust to going backwards. It's a fear that I have, dude. And because, because for, for, for a lot of people, uh, jobs and their professional life can be linear, right? Definitely. You work your way up. You keep putting it in over the years. You retire when you're 55 at a point when you're making the most money that you've ever made. Right. And if something goes wrong in that job, when you say when you're 40, your next job will be something comparable. Yeah. Right. Because you've built up. Yeah, you, you know, industries are, are in many ways linear. Um, but as you said, in this work, it can be totally here and there, and you don't know where your next thing is coming from, and nobody in our work line of work ever saves any money. Every single person that we know is an idiot about so their true. finances. Like, uh, oh, I finally made it. I get to enjoy this now. Yeah, it's you, so you stupid. You raise your level of spending to what you are making. And so then it's incredibly difficult to throttle back and re- right. come to terms with the fact that, no, you can't afford to buy this anymore. I mean, we talked about it with Nimesh uh, when yeah. he was working He's at SNL. Out. First time around. spending yeah. all that money. You don't save for the rainy day of next year. Totally. Uh, when you're no longer going to have that job because the show is no longer in the air or whatever. Right. And finally, you're like, I want to enjoy this too. You're like, my last five years have been so terrible. Right. I want to have fun now. I, I earned it. You like fool yourself into overspending. I mean, totally. stupid. But I, I do think that, um, you know, it, I don't know. I've always been very lucky in that I was able to supplement the comedy that I was doing with jobs that didn't take a lot of time or didn't really take me away from what I wanted to do. Right. But were very lucrative. Right. That's great. Like even when I worked at the district attorney's office as a paralegal, I was making $36,000 a year, which is like 24 after taxes. And yet I would tutor four days a week. Wow. You know, four, four, four hours a week and make an additional $1,200 a week. It's crazy. Which, you know, is like, 40 g's a year on top so yeah. I, tutoring was always incredible to me and and uh and and it's why i i really believe in education as we've talked about <laughs> quite a lot to enrich yourself yeah <laughs> um oh, i have a one funny, oh, we had a funny ahead. dm as well yeah. five zero. Oh, wow. oh wow good for us Jesus. um let's let me share one thought i had okay. with you so last night I experienced the 7 p.m. noise-making oh, appreciation yeah. of the first responders. And it was pretty fun. Yeah. And I went out on the front porch with my girlfriend. She started crying because she thought it was so moving. You've got elderly people leaning out of their rent-controlled apartments in Chelsea, banging their pots and pans together, people clapping. And then you've got people on the street who are just angry that everyone's this happy uh, <laughs> and not taking any part in it whatsoever. But four doors down to our left, there was a woman who was very old, who was banging her pots and pans and waved to us. And we went over and started talking to her. Her name is Hilda. Nice name. She's lived in her apartment since 1978. Wow. She's seen this neighborhood undergo so much change. 
She owns the whole building. Now, oh, I, wow. I live on a nice street in, a, in an expensive neighborhood in Manhattan. I'm not saying that to be a douche. I'm just saying setting the scene for this story, which is that she owns the whole building and she rents out her garden apartment below her. She rents out the apartment above her and then she rents out the apartment two above that. Nice. Or, or above her. And she just keeps the parlor floor. Um, and, you know, who knows what she's renting those apartments for. I have no idea if she's spent the money to renovate the place. She certainly didn't seem like a a guru of being a landlord, right. knowing to renovate kitchens and keep up. Bumping Something that, tells yeah. me the place is a complete fucking shithole. So <laughs> I, I'm guessing everybody in that building is paying like $1,200 a, a month. No way. Maybe not. Maybe not. Maybe you're right. Maybe that. Maybe she she has a real estate person, whatever. The point is, you know, we were talking to her. And I started to get this idea. <laughs> I started to get this idea that if like, all right, she's, she's old. She's like, I think in her mid to late 80s. Like if I put in the time, could I write myself into her will? <laughs> could I, if I was the guy who fed her cats and brought her soup and tended her garden and weeded her front porch for the next i don't know six months a year mm. would i be the last friendly face that she remembered as she was reshuffling the, the final paragraphs <laughs> of her will would she leave me a four-story brownstone in <laughs> chelsea you never know dude how much time would i have to put in and i'll tell you what this is the one thing I did learn from the Jeffrey Epstein building. He was hooking up with the guy who owned L Brands and like stealing money from him on the side. Like banging him? Yeah, banging him. And I think he like supposedly stole like $50 million from him or something. Or like was given. See, it's like unclear. That is a tidbit of information for which I would watch the documentary. Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. That's the one thing I, that, that was interesting about it. <laughs> That was like new information. <laughs> Turns out he had pterodactyl wings and could fly. <laughs> it was four and a anyway, half hours. Four and a half hours. Though. Yeah. <laughs> but having said that, you know, if you want to be a complete sociopath and monster, you could absolutely do that. Or you could just fool yourself into believing that you're being nice to an old lady and then, oh, wow, she also left me in the will. Yeah, I mean, is she <laughs> my finding Forrester? Maybe. You know, is she my sugar old cat? <laughs> My sugar old cat. My sugar You start cooner. calling her Hill Dog. Hill Dog. Yeah. Hill D-A-W-G. But Hill dude, Dog. I, you've heard of stories like that, right? Yes. And I think that you might have just stumbled onto something. That's amazing. a play. I mean, that's a play. It's a play for sure. We'll start to feel her out. The worst thing, though, would be... <laughs> the worst thing would be if I put in the time for a year and then I didn't get anything. Because be I don't really like talking to old people. I mean, it's hard. It's hard for me because you got to stay so basic. Their brains aren't aren't able to handle the the nuances of you know any of the conversations that you and I have. Yeah, you're asking for bad karma here, dude. You're asking for a lonely, lonely decade, and you're like, man, I wish I just took that ten mil to get hit by the train. <laughs> <laughs> 
For if anyone who isn't listening. I'm thinking about it. I'll start to feel her out. We'll, we'll keep saying hi to her. Maybe I'll bring her a casserole. I don't even know what a casserole is, by the way. But I'm going to figure <laughs> out how to make her. We'll buy her a casserole. Bring it over. You know, those are the ways that you, you get yourself <laughs> written into a will. You just have a map on your wall of, like, all the things you need to do to, like, crack the code of yeah. wealth. Dude, did you see Gran Torino? <laughs> did you ever see that movie? Yeah, it's a great yeah, movie. Yeah, he leaves the, the young Asian kid, his all car, stuff, yeah. and all of his, like, the guy's relatives are all pissed off yeah i would love to be there you know in in some lawyer's office as as hilda's descendants who never returned her calls or never called her on christmas are all eagerly drooling over the prospect right. of inheriting her assets and all of a sudden they all go to me and they don't even know who the <laughs> fuck i am and i'm like i didn't even need it you know <laughs> fuck that family did you see knives out i did that, loved that I movie. loved it too. And that kind of situation, if you, for those of you who haven't seen it, it's a type of thing where like somebody really wealthy dies and he leaves all the money to one of the maids and none of his family yeah. are, are written into the yeah. well at all. What an interesting situation. I don't know what I would do. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I this is a whole, maybe this is for something for this another is episode. Great. If anyone knows of a story of that actually happening in real life, please send it to oopsthepodcast at gmail.com. We would love to hear the particulars. Listen, man, you know, uh, Make yourself available. Make yourself helpful. Yeah. Hey. I'm not going to break my back for her, though. Because we'd have to get a sense. She'd have to give me something to go on. Chess. She'd have to give me a hint that she was going oh, to was was start considering it. That she was going to start considering leaving stuff to me. Do women that old have a sex drive? Like, do you think she would want to, like, she would fancy you sexually? It's a great question. You kind of like hear stories about that kind of stuff, but I've never heard like a realistic one. It usually happens the other way around, right? Where the older like, man. Yeah. And I wonder if that's more of like an ego thing to like prove that you still got it. Cause like, you know, you can't be working with much at that point. Correct. Pretty slinky noodle. And yeah. as an old woman, are you like, like craving, if you're like an 85 year old woman, are you craving young dick? <sighs> I don't know. It's a great question. <laughs> she had one of those faces that has like this random patch where she's all of a sudden got like five or six four inch whiskers. Like hard. That have sprouted from hard her face. Hairs. And it's only in one spot. And you're like, what? What? How'd you miss? You see that. Come I would on. love to tweeze those. Yeah. I love that. That could be a thing. We could do that instead of sex. You and I. You could tweeze. Me and Hilda. Hey, everybody. I'm like, Hold on, dude. I'm like, hey, I'm like, uh, bring me along, too. You're like, get your own old lady. <laughs> I'll pick the whiskers, dude. We can do this together. Right, sorry. <laughs> had to get that. It just had to get that in. I can see myself rubbing her feet with, uh, you know, like uh, her wearing those old, those CBD really cream. thick fucking socks. Oh, yeah. Those wool socks. Right. This oops the podcast, everybody. <laughs> We're having a blast. This, uh, enjoy your Friday. Enjoy your weekend. Uh, as always, send your submissions and thoughts to oops the podcast at gmail.com. For now, I'm Francis Ells, and he is Julio Gallarati. We'll see you next week. Adios.